0: Sean Dizzle. Mikey Hizzle. Dude, it's a beautiful day. Uh, Okay, so you were in the brain dumps page. Did you look at my jokes that I put in there? I
1: don't see where jokes are. Oh, good. (laughs) Okay. I got a joke for you. What are you talking about? Micah told me this one. All right.
0: Man, this is so bad. But this goes to show you how woke my son is. He says, what's the difference between a police and a bullet? I don't know. When a bullet goes off, it gets fired. Damn. Yeah. So on that note,
1: happy recording day. (laughs) Happy recording day, man. Wow. You can't deny the truth in it. Nope.
0: Nope, nope, nope. He's a very smart kid. So uh, uh, we went out to 8 Degrees Play Doh. Me and Micah did. And I went and picked up my boy Corey. So we went down there to get Micah some hop soda. Which I bought him a whole case just for the fun of it. And um, actually, I didn't buy him a whole case. I bought him a half of a case and then the owner, because they know Jenna, (laughs) filled the rest of the box up. So he got a case, which is very, very nice.
1: Is that where you were when you snapped me? Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. And so the two of them were going back and forth, cracking jokes. And then Micah pulled that rabbit out of the hat, and I was like, damn. He it's wasn't
1: rough. even drinking,
0: for real. He just. He <laughs> wasn't even drinking. <laughs> he, was, he was on some hop soda. But it was enough to, uh, man, it was a very sober, well thought out joke. Not that he wrote it, but still. Yeah. He told it, and it was perfect. So that being said, there was a shooting of a, another black man in Orange Orange County, California a couple of days ago.
1: Did you see that? Two cops. Two cops. Took him down. Yep. He, he allegedly grabbed the gun. Yep,
0: he's he's uh he's on the camera. Like uh I did watch the video. It did appear. That he was reaching for one of the cops guns So
1: um, I mean Can you blame him
0: I don't blame the guy for reaching for the gun No
1: Like Um, because of the video I saw Two cops One of the cops is on the ground but like from from what I heard, okay i don't I wasn't there. All I'm saying is what I saw. one cop's on the ground, the man's in between him, and another cop sort of on the top slash side of him even as a white man, I would be thinking, I could potentially die right now, yep let alone the fact of this is just chaotic. You know, who's thinking straight? We're not all Marines. Like, I don't know. I'm not justifying either side. I don't know the full story, so I can't make that judgment. But based on the video, I I want to sympathize for the man because it's like, dude, I, don't, I mean, I guess as a white man, it's different for me but i can't, i'm i'm trying to put myself in his shoes since he's a black man and i'm i'm just like i don't fucking know man like you think you're going to die you're going to try something
0: uh, yeah and w- and why wouldn't he be afraid for his life right um But he <laughs> I was about to say he got pulled over, but he wasn't driving. Um, He was being apprehended because he was jaywalking. That's what started the whole thing. He jaywalked. Really? Yep.
1: It's absurd. they
0: They stopped him and started questioning him. And then um, it got the confrontation got a little heated and they decided to they were going to take him to jail. So they took him to the ground. He resisted arrest. And while on the ground, he fought for his life. And um, yeah. So the two men have him on the ground. The two officers have him on the ground. And while he's on the ground, he's reaching out, you know, they've, they've got him pinned, but he's reaching out and mm-hmm. it looks like he's tapping, you know, he's tapping the other officer and and it's, it's almost like it does. It looks like he was reaching for the officer's gun. Um, so, yeah, was he tapping out to give up or was he really reaching for the gun? I don't know. I'd have to watch it a few more times and to, to make a good judgment, but frankly, um, if there's anybody, I don't care what race you are, if you reach for a cop's gun, you're going to get shot. Bleh. Right? That's a fact of the matter. It'll, or at least it should be the fact of the matter, regardless of what race you are.
1: Sure. Um, but the fact but that I, that I, much force is being brought upon a human being for jaywalking?
0: For jaywalking, yes. Like, is that the full story? That's literally why they, I keep wanting to say pulled him over, but why they started talking to him in the first place is because he jaywalked. Now, this part of Orange County that they're in, I can't remember the exact name of the city, but uh, it's a lot of homeless people. And, you know, a lot of people are leaving their states to move to California to live in these tent cities. You know, like, basically, if you're going to be homeless, the place to be is California. The weather is perfect all year round, and their government tolerates all of the homelessness. They're not doing anything about it. So, um, it's, it's definitely the place to be if you want to be homeless. I don't mean that. I don't mean if you want to be homeless. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But there are a lot of homeless people there, period.
1: Thank you, listeners. But Mm -hmm. let's take a quick second to just tell you about the best place to live if you're going to be homeless.
0: It does sound like an advertisement. Brought to you
1: by the state of California. (laughs) Are you fed up with paying your mortgage? Maybe you want to say fuck you to your family. Do you hate cats? Well listen, as long as you can get your ass (laughs) to California. That's it. it. We got ten cities that you can live in.
0: If I can make it there, I'll make it anywhere it's up to you. California, California. Yeah, man. It sucks. Joke number two. You ready? Uh, the second one from Micah. He says, Why is it that orphans only go to half of their basketball games?
1: I've already seen what you wrote, so I know the joke. Oh. But why?
0: Well, you spoiled it then.
1: Forget it. I forgot about it. Tell me.
0: Why do orphans miss half of their basketball season? It's because they have no home games. But up. <sighs> so. That's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like. All the people that are
1: orphans are like, fuck you, I'm not listening to you anymore. Sure.
0: Well, I didn't say the joke my kid did, which...
1: You know what? You just got us into cancel culture. That's what that's called. <laughs> cancel culture. Not culture yeah. cancel.
0: <laughs> Listen, dude. If, if, after 200 episodes, if we weren't already canceled, whatever.
1: That's very true.
0: But... I, I I was like, Dude, I cannot believe that my kid is is telling this joke. It's terrible.
1: But did what you is laugh? about Me?
0: Oh yeah, I laughed my ass off. Yeah, so it of wasn't terrible. <laughs> it was terrible.
1: But he's a chip off the old block.
0: It was funny though. Yeah.
1: Oh. <laughs> well, if you're done with your stupid joke tellings. You got any more?
0: Yeah, I do, but now that they're stupid, I don't want to tell anymore.
1: I want to hear one more. Jeez. Come on.
0: All right. What do you call a boomerang that, cut, that doesn't come back when you throw it? I don't know. A stick.
1: But Yep, this is why we're moving on. (laughs) That's that's Uh, what you had? Really?
0: That's the first one that came to mind.
1: I don't know, man. They were
0: telling jokes for an hour and a half, bro. I I can't remember them all. All We need Corey on here. I know. We need some dad jokes. I keep trying to get him on, man. He's a little chicken boo. You wear a disguise to look like human guys, but you're not a man, you're a chicken, boo. Bump, bump. Thank you, Animaniacs. Anyway, we're going to talk about something else.
1: Yeah, we're going to talk about churchy shit.
0: Okay, let's get into the
1: churchy shit. So this is Missing Church Part dose, which is two for all you English speakers out there. <laughs> <laughs> that was a dad joke for sure Alright, let's get to it Boom, boom, we are here all night <laughs> But not really, just for the length of this episode
0: Don't forget to tip your waitresses
1: And that's not a sexual innuendo Wow, it really wasn't I didn't <laughs> ever think about it like that until you
0: said it Oh, honestly, I wasn't thinking that tip, but you can get that tip, too, if you want it.
1: Come on, man. Take another sip. You got to be on my level.
0: I'm so far behind. God.
1: So, anyway, yeah, let's let's get into the church stuff, man, because you brought it up mm. towards the end of the last episode, and yeah, I mentioned that we had more dialogue. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So, I just wrote down a couple that, because honestly... I think about a lot of stuff all the time And if I don't write it down It's just like I might not ever think about it again I don't know I'm weird So the first one That I want to talk about And I know it's backwards from the notes I put But whatever Um, Here's my question to you About Being removed from What are you doing?
0: I was holding in a yawn, but thanks for bringing attention to it.
1: I didn't know if you were dying or <laughs> no, the you're face so you I'm like, oh my God, call 911. <laughs> I'm so tired, bro.
0: I'm exhausted. I'm trying to keep up. Come on. Give it to me straight. We'll
1: keep it short. Has being out of church reshaped how you see people?
0: Mm, that is a very good question.
1: I think so as well. And I have some stuff to talk about. And I can go first or if you're ready, you can go as well. It's up to you.
0: You go first. All right. Well, I like that question. Has has being out of church
1: reshaped reshaped how you see people? Yeah, and here's why I want to talk about mm. it. Like mm. so we both grew up in church. Evangelical, Pentecostal, whatever. <laughs> Bible thumping. Fire you know what I'm saying? Like, my grandfather was a pastor. Like, I grew up in it.
0: <clears throat> I used to be a pastor. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We were, you know, yeah. So, growing up in it, it's all I knew. And the community slash culture that is in the air quotes, four walls, right? The church. That kind of becomes your community, and then there's like, it's like this, uh, everyone else is a project, or a mission, or, you know, like, they're different from you, because you're set apart from the world, air quotes, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, doggy. I see where you're going.
1: So when you grow up in that. hmm you view people through those lenses like that filter right and yeah. <clears throat> now that i've been outside of church for a while uh. i feel like the way i view people has changed i i think drastically just, like, I don't see people as projects. I don't see them as someone I need to save. Uh, I don't know if I can articulate it correctly. <clears throat> Excuse me.
0: I like where you're going, though, bro. Well, I do. I like where this is going.
1: Like, I just see people as people now, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. And I'll it try does. to explain it. So, like, before... I would see people and almost judge them based on actions or words or, you know, how they dressed like whatever. And now that I've been outside of that kind of culture, I guess, and I've done life with just normal people, (laughs) which sounds weird, but it's it's reshaped how I see people, and I think it's a very good thing because, yeah, are we supposed to like, you know, be little Jesuses and witness and share our faith? Of course, but <clears throat> and we're to be biblical, we are all disciples. If we are a Christian, you are a disciple of Christ. And therefore, you are charged with the Great Commission to go out into the world and preach the gospel, tell people about the good news, right? That's awesome. Share your faith. But when that is like your life becomes a full-time job it's almost borderline cultish, I think. I don't know. I'm I'm still exploring this whole thought process, but like having been removed from that culture and now just being an, a normal human with people in the way I interact, it it takes on a whole different thing and I can relate to people and I can I'm probably using the wrong verbiage, but just be a human and be normal, you know, without like, well, you want to go see a movie, which I know we're in COVID pandemic era, but just roll with me here. You want to go see a movie? Well, what's the movie? Oh, you know, it's blah, 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 blah. It's rated R and you oh, well, I can't do that. Okay why why not you don't know, like rated army yeah there's just a lot of filth in there and I don't want to fill my mind with that you know that's that's too much for me and maybe that's a weird analogy or whatever but like i don't know i just i feel like the way i view humanity has changed so much from being outside of the four walls and I think it's for the better, I say with a question mark, because I've lost a lot of judgment and I'll have conversations with people despite the fact that they smoke weed or they drink or they say fuck or they're gay, you know, but in the church, I could not associate myself with those people because... The only way that I could is if I was trying to convert them. But outside of that, I can't, I can't, you know, let any little amount of deception enter me because it's the devil trying to attack my faith. And now I see that as well, you're just so weak that any little thing is going to cause you to stumble. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it seems immature as a Christian believer. But that's what I grew up in. That's what I knew. And being outside of that now, I'm like, no, 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 That's like, that's so wrong. Like, Jesus never... Said, oh, if I go hang out at this well and I'm going to meet this prostitute or this whore or whatever you want to call her. I know whore is like a bad thing now, but like she's slept with five men. Like, I don't want to be around that because maybe all, you know, it's going to be tempting. So I need to flee the very sight of, you know, anything bad. Like, that's just weird. Jesus didn't even do it. Why Why is that a culture in the church? If that makes any sense at all.
0: I'm picking up what you're laying down, brother. Yeah. I guess to answer your question, um, again, how is being out of church uh, reshaped how I see people? I, I'd have to agree with you 100%. I don't see people as a project at all anymore. (laughs) And I agree that that was the um, predominant view of people outside of those four walls. Like, uh, even to the point where it wasn't just isolated to non-believers. I thought of people that went to other churches... As being in need of something that I had. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, totally. You know, I I went to a church that was very charismatic. Spoken tongues. uh, Shouting, dancing. uh, Laying hands on people. Prophesying. That whole nine and uh looking at churches that didn't have those things i looked at them as being dead as being spiritually dead as being spiritually there's no immature. fruit yeah like like they needed to increase their love for god or their intimacy with god or they were lacking in some capacity like that was legitimately the literally the viewpoint Yep, And one, I can't tell you how happy I am that I no longer have that viewpoint of people because not only is it unhealthy, it's unbiblical. Like you're not spiritually dead if you're a Christian. You might have a different form of religion than I do, but it doesn't make you any less of a Christian than me. And how dare I look at you as less of a Christian because I may be more charismatic than you. You know, so uh, and then when it comes down to unbelievers, I no longer see them as, you know, people that I've got this opportunity. I've got this new unsaved friend. I've got an opportunity to share Christ with them. I don't look at them from that perspective anymore. If anything, I guess my viewpoint has evolved to the point where I look at people and I say, "Can this person be a part of my circle? Can this person be a part of my tribe or my my community? like That's a very sophisticated way of saying it. To to say it a little bit more bluntly, I think to myself, can I have a drink with this guy or can I have a, you know, can I smoke a cigar with this guy? Can we chill on the patio for a couple hours and shoot the shit? Or is this a person that's just going to be like high and by acquaintance type of deal? It, it's It's a little bit more relational, if you will, like...
1: Can Imagine we be friends that.
0: or not? Yeah. It's more relational. The, the way I look at people now is more relational. Can <clears throat> we be friends or not? Like, can I invite <laughs> you in my home or not?
1: Type of deal. Sorry, bro. Something is in my throat and it will not get out. That's what she said. No.
0: You got there before me.
1: That's what she said. <laughs> 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 No, I hear what you're saying, man.
0: Yeah. So that's how I would answer that. I, I guess I I took a minute to get to what I was really trying to say. I, I, I go from a more relational point of view now. Um, uh, You know, can I have a relationship with this person or not? And if not, it it's not because, you know, this person isn't open to Christianity. Or they're not open to a relationship with God in any capacity. It's not that at all. Typically, it's because the person is an asshole, or <laughs> you know, or they just got something about them that just turns me off. And it's like, eh, well, I, I I know where I'm going to put you. You know, yeah, you know, I'm going to put you on the outskirts of my circle, mm-hmm. and um, and we're just not going to be we're not going to be cool like that.
1: Well, I think there's this thing of, like, I have to save everyone. And it's like, no, you don't. Jesus didn't. I mean, obviously, technically, he did. Biblically. His blood was shed for all of the sin of mankind. I get that, but he didn't travel the entire world (laughs) and save everybody. Like not everyone became a Christian after he died on the cross is my point granted so and if if it's like there's so much emphasis put on the <clears throat> the verse in Matthew, the great commission to you know go out into the world and save and convert and be Jesus, and it's like. It's okay that you're not going to, you know, persuade everyone to, like, the good news. That's not your mission. Yeah. But it's portrayed and taught in church, at least from my point of view. Like, everyone I come into contact with needs to be met with the decision of, hey, you're scanning my eggs and my cheese and my bread? You're going to go to hell, but I can tell you how not to. Like, that person doesn't give a shit. They're just working. There's, there's no relation. <laughs> there's no anything. I might never see them again.
0: Relations.
1: But it's put on you that, like, oh, you got to, like, witness. You got to, like, tell, you know, tell the good news. And I think it's just... <clears throat> And albeit, maybe it's in good intention. I'm not coming against that. But it just becomes so much of a... Yeah, go tell everybody. Go convert everybody. This is awesome. You have reached the place where you are saved. And now you are set apart. And you need to make other people that way. And it's... I don't know. And, you know... Some of it, maybe it's how I took it. I don't know. Just to play devil's advocate against my own self, maybe that's not what church taught me. Maybe it's just how I took what church taught me. But, after talking with quite a few other people in this culture that I know, it seems that it's a thing that what I'm saying is true, and the emphasis just... It becomes unattainable And people aren't people anymore They're just People who are sinners Ooh, Don't want to talk to you I mean I'll witness to you But <laughs> I don't know Are you tired of searching For quality music for your next project Soundstripe is the answer Never worry about Licensing again With Soundstripe, your membership covers the cost for every song license. Just find the right track, download the file, and get a custom license. That's it. No channel or media-specific fees. No recurring royalties ever. Strike the right chord with radio-quality music. Browse their wholly-owned library of over 5,000 royalty-free songs composed by Grammy-winning talent. Enjoy unlimited licensing, new music every week, and stem files with every track. Soundstripe was founded by three musicians with one purpose in mind. Keep creators creating. It's why they only publish exceptional media and keep their licensing simple and prices reasonable. With over 5 million licenses issued and over 200 songs added each month, why look any further? Head over to soundstripe.com and enjoy unlimited royalty-free music to create exceptional work. Plus, if you use our promo code BEVIDEO, you'll get an extra 10% off your subscription. Again, enter promo code B as in boy, E as in elephant, video, all one word, at checkout for 10% off. Soundstripe.com. Take your work to the next level.
0: Well, you know, I think that there's a balance somewhere to be had because i i I understand exactly what you're saying, but I will play Devil's Advocate for a second here uh, to the typical Christian point of view, yeah, we all should be evangelizing, but the thing is is that to say that in some respects would negate now here's where i'm i'm done with my devil's advocate thing with that statement but so now i'm going to defend your point <laughs> um in reality when it comes down to ephesians the book of ephesians where uh, paul talks about the gifts given to the church mm-hmm. right apostles prophets evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Those five gifts given to the body of Christ for the edification of the body till we all come into the oneness of the truth of the Son of God.
1: Oh, so much to unpack in that last statement. True.
0: But I, I guess the point that I want to make is that when it comes down to evangelism, not everyone has that gift. And when we teach people that Everyone needs to be evangelizing. Everyone needs to be exercising that gift, regardless if you have it or not. That brings on a certain level of guilt and condemnation over the body of Christ. And that people that have been unsuccessful in evangelizing and people that are maybe too afraid to do that, or whatever the case may be, whatever excuse there is for not doing it, they live under a certain level of guilt that is placed on them by the church because they're unable to do the things that other Christians in the church are telling them that they should be doing. And I'm sorry, but I'm a firm believer that part of us believing in Jesus Christ, not only was he taking away our sins, but he he took away that guilt and condemnation as well. And I think that it's a travesty of the church that we put it back on the members of the church. We put that guilt and condemnation back on the church that Jesus died to remove. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I think the more healthy view is that we view people relationally And not as projects. And if someone is persuaded to join Christianity or to believe in Jesus Christ based on the relationship that they have with you and the lifestyle that you live, then good. But if they don't, that's fine too. Because the fact of the matter is that when we stand before God, we all have to give an account for the life that we've lived, regardless. And I'm at the point now that I, I seriously, when I stand before God, the last thing that I want is some guilt or condemnation hanging over my head. Because the thing is, is that it's going to be my own conscience that condemns me. Because the sin is forgiven. that a preach right there. The fact is, is at the point that we receive Christ as Lord and Savior, the sin is forgiven. The guilt and condemnation is a result of our conscience. And as as Paul said so eloquently, happy is the man who is not condemned by his own conscience the one that's able to actually stand on the Scripture that says that there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus.
1: Which should be a profound, enlightened thing to fully understand. It takes
0: years to unpack that, though, that truth. That's not something that's uh, that just happens or or just just happens to be understood, you know. Uh, the scripture teaches that spiritual principles they're, they're spiritually discerned. It takes the spirit of God <clears throat> to take the scales off of our eyes to to see revelation.
1: All right, Saul. Uh,
0: <laughs> frankly, you gotta want it, <laughs> right? Like, frankly, the. See, salvation is free. Everything else you gotta work for. Everything else. You gotta actually put in some effort for it. Salvation is the only thing that does not require our effort, it just requires our faith. Which I understand the work that's associated with faith. I, I understand how how that doctrine is, is is regurgitated to the masses. The fact is though is that in order to learn spiritual truths we have to discipline ourselves in spiritual matters and desire it not everybody does not everybody will yeah the 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 goal of christianity is not to fit every christian in one of the five categories of spiritual gifts the apostle prophet evangelist pastor teacher that's not the goal. That was never Jesus' purpose of dying, being buried, and rising again. That we have to go by one of those five titles. That's not the case.
1: So. Well, and I think that definitely makes sense when you really understand when that scripture is being told, it's not like who's it being told to and why it's not being told to the woman at the well alright, you're a Christian now you need to be one of these five things no (laughs) you're saved turn from your ways that's it I don't know anyway
0: but you know to your earlier point it like I get that we're all should be disciples of Jesus Christ and he told us, he told the uh, the 500 men that were witness to his resurrection or not to his resurrection but to his ascension that Matthew 28 passage that you were referring to. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. That that passage, I, I I get that we take it, and I've done the same thing. I've taught from that passage that we all should be making disciples. I thought I taught that very thing. And I do believe that that is a very important part of Christianity. I believe that. You know, I believe that we can and and should make disciples. But that being said, we're not all going to do it. Not everybody's going to do it. Not everybody's going to use their voice. To influence the masses. They're just not going to do it. I mean, and if you really want to be frank about it, he said that to the people that were there that witnessed his ascension. He didn't make that statement to anybody else that he converted. The three years that he was doing his ministry. Exactly. He didn't. But could we all take that passage and say, you know what? I'm going to do something great and I'm going to use this passage as a foundation for my for my ministry. And I'm going to go out and make disciples. That would be a good thing. But the person that says contrary to that, that says, you know what, I'm saved. I'm not trying to make no disciples. I don't think that that person should be condemned. I don't think that that person is doing wrong. I don't think that that person is a weak Christian. I don't think that that person is immature or anything like that. And that's where I think we've gone wrong with that scripture. We've said if you don't do these things, then you're a weak Christian in so many words. But Jesus never said that. He didn't. And the fact is, is that you can say, well, this is a commandment. No, it wasn't a commandment. There's no nothing in scripture that says that this was a commandment to go out and make disciples. That was not a commandment. And frankly, if you want to go off a commandment, so you want to call it a commandment, holy shit. Nice. You can't call it a commandment. Because here's the truth. Jesus fulfilled the law and made us free from the law of sin and death. Therefore, because of that he has fulfilled all the commandments. Which means he wasn't putting any on you if he made you free from them. Why would he make you free from the commandments and then give you a bunch of them to follow? It's not what he did. I challenge anybody to challenge me on that fact. There is no way that you can challenge that fact without putting yourself back under the law. And if you put yourself back under the law, then you nullify the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ.
1: Atheism. It's not atheism. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) Seriously, though. You can't say that Jesus gave you commandments when he made you free from the commandments.
1: In fulfilling them all. Yeah. The best part of the good news.
0: The best part of it. You, you can't say that. Oh, but wait. It doesn't make any
1: sense. Here's the amendment.
0: <laughs> There's no amendments to the law. Uh, if you. If you. The scripture says. Whosoever shall keep the whole law. And yet offend in one point. He is guilty of all everybody so so if your purpose in Christianity or your goal in Christianity is to keep the law if you offend at one point you're guilty of the whole thing you nullify the blood of Christ <clears throat> in your efforts
1: to keep the law
0: I figure that, that doesn't make any sense Just stop. in
1: the precious blood of the lamb All right. <clears throat> we beat that dead horse. Here's my yeah, here's my second and probably last question because we're 43 minutes in now. Sure. Which is fine. So here's, here's my last one for this one. And we can even do a part three. Hell, we can do a part 12. I don't care.
0: I don't care either.
1: How no, often should you read the Bible... And does it change in your Christian walk, dot, 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 how often you should read the Bible?
0: I like this question too. I do.
1: Do you want me to go or?
0: (laughs) I was trying to, I was trying to write it down. Anyway, um, I'll copy it later. So so here's my thing about reading the Bible. Once again, um, the Christian church, non-Catholic, the Protestant church, has taught for years that if you don't read your Bible, if you don't study your Bible, then you are, once again, a weak Christian or an immature Christian. And they cite the scripture of Jesus' temptation during his 40 days in the wilderness, so he's tempted by Satan for 40 days in the wilderness, right? Uh, he's hungry, he's starving, he's in the desert, you know, almost it all, all, uh,
1: in Arizona, with all appearances because he's like white. He, <laughs> <laughs> Stop, up, told you we we're here all night. <laughs>
0: Don't forget to tip your waitresses. Waiters, too. Don't get all sexes on me. Anyway, one of uh, the temptations, uh, Satan says, take that rock, turn it into bread. You're hungry. You're supposed to be fasting 40 days. I know. Just go ahead and cheat right now. All you got to do is speak to that rock and turn it into bread and you can eat something right now. Jesus said, Get thee behind me, Satan. For man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. There is a teaching in the Christian church that the word of God is like bread. The word of God is Jesus. Jesus is the bread of life. The word of God is bread. It's our spiritual nourishment. I've taught it and that's exactly how I've taught it
1: which is why when we take communion we eat a cracker
0: (laughs) because Jesus is white
1: and that's not racist oh you made it racist (laughs) you asshole he wasn't white
0: oh god I don't know why I can't copy and paste this
1: Oh, don't either. It's right there. I see you selecting it all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was able to copy and paste the other one. I can't copy and paste this one into our show notes. Anyway, um, I'll do it. Uh, you uh, keep going. I, I'm getting I'm getting to my point. So. To the question, how often should we read the Bible? Does it change my uh, here? It is. They teach in the Christian church that if you're not reading your Bible or studying your Bible, then it's sin. It's sin to you. You are neglecting the word of God. And therefore, you will be spiritually malnourished and will be a weak Christian as a result. This is not true. Okay? I understand that reading the Bible is good for you. And I'm not negating that. I am negating that not reading the Bible is sin. And here's why. Jesus said it of himself that he is the word. I get that. You have Jesus. You have the word. We have the law of God written upon our hearts. It's within us. It is the job of the Holy Spirit to make known the person of Christ to us. Okay. And we can take part in that by reading the scripture. But once again, salvation is a result of faith in Jesus Christ, not in how much we we read the word and not on how much we study the word of God. Therefore, if you are a Christian who believes that Jesus Christ is the son of God, is the word made flesh, is the only suitable sacrifice for the sin of mankind, who Loved us, died for us, was buried, and rose again. If you never pick up the Bible again, you are saved. You are a Christian. You are a child of God.
1: Point blank. He calls me friend. Friend. <laughs> I am a child I mean, of God.
0: So, <laughs> I'm a friend of God is what it says, not child of God. You're silly. Don't disrespect Israel Holton like that.
1: Damn, bro. I was so, just, you know, making it fit with what we got. But whatever. You don't want to judge me.
0: <laughs> and that's my point. We cannot judge a person as being weak or unintelligent or whatever because they don't read the Bible. Some people just can't do it, man. With all the these and the vows and all the... Frickin' translations out there it's enough to confuse anybody hell you got bible scholars who have studied all the manuscripts their entire adult life and they still get stuff wrong and they still fight about interpretations and translations of words and all of this stuff let them go ahead and do it because they want to do it if you don't want to do it fine I don't do it. But here's the thing. It is the confession of faith that saves us. That confession of faith is based on scripture that you have heard.
1: And the belief in your heart.
0: Absolutely. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, Romans chapter ten, and believe in your heart that God is raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Amen. It doesn't say anything about you. Reading scripture, or studying scripture, or understanding the difference between Hebrew and Greek and Aramaic, and being able to understand which extra biblical documents confirm the Bible and the the history of all these different civilizations—maybe you don't care about this shit. I love it.
1: How many That's people you've converted? It doesn't matter.
0: It, it you you ever see the Rock? You ever watch The Rock when he was wrestling back in the day, WWE or WCW, whatever it was at WWF? Can you smell what The Rock is cooking? But my favorite thing that he did would be the hottest woman in the world coming up to him to interview him after a fight, after a match. And he'll be like, I see the way you're looking at The Rock and The Rock likes the way that you're looking at The Rock. He'll lick his lips. I'm like, come on, tell me something, baby. What's your name? And she'll say, she'll fluff her hair. <laughs> well, oh, uh, uh, yeah, the rock, you're so pretty. My name is and then he'll cut her off and say, It doesn't matter what your name is. You ever see
1: that? No? Unfortunately, okay. yes. I used to watch a little wrestling in my day. <laughs> as a youngster
0: (laughs) yes so that was my favorite thing whenever the rock was on the mic he'll say something really nice and sweet to somebody and before they answer he'll say it doesn't matter that's how i feel right now when people are like oh i study the bible or i i read this much a day or whatever i want to say like the rock it doesn't matter Like, if you're doing it because you love it and you really want to dig deeper and know more, then more power to you. Go ahead and do it. But if you're doing it because you feel like you have to in order to maintain your status as a child of God, then I'm sorry. It, you're doing it for the wrong reason.
1: He calls me. friend. It just doesn't matter. It doesn't
0: matter, bro. It doesn't matter. Listen, man. I and I use before I left the church. I got closer and closer to this revelation. It made sense to me when I had kids. After Michael was born, Christianity took on. Such a greater value for me. And I had such a greater understanding of it because I had my own kid. I was able to relate to God in a different way. Why are you smiling? Why are you laughing? Because
1: I know what you saw.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I typed in carving because I want to bring it up later. Keep going. I didn't see it. Oh, I thought you. I'm not.
0: No, I'm looking at. I'm looking at my. Uh, I'm looking at my garage band. Oh, I'm sorry. Making sure my EQs are right. See, I ain't even looking at what you put down there. Anyway, so I, I thought about it from the standpoint of the father and the, the prodigal son. And I've talked about this before on the podcast how that story really should not be called the prodigal son. It should be called the extravagant father because it's really not really a story about the son it's really a story about the father the story of the prodigal son like in every bible that you look at when you go over that passage of scripture it'll give you that caption that this is the story about the prodigal son i disagree with it i think it should be this is the story of the extravagant father because the son did all the dirt in the world and it was the father's love that restored the son and the father's capacity to overlook all of the weaknesses and the failures of the son and still look at him and call him his son and the the the, the deep part about it the satisfyingly deep part about it brother Is the fact that the son never lost his sonship based on his behavior. Because his sonship was established in the heart of the father. And so it is with us. The father, according to John 3.16. He loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever would believe in him would have everlasting life everlasting life a life that does not end a spiritual connection to the father as a result of the death of his son the sacrifice of his son. <laughs> you farted first I heard you
1: no that came up in my throat before it came out of my mouth it was weird
0: <laughs> so if reading the Bible or the lack thereof is enough to remove our sonship, then the blood of Christ was not enough to remove all of our sin. And anybody that's willing to admit that, I would argue was not a Christian. Selah. Selah. Because I'm sorry, I, as a Christian, believe... That the blood of Jesus Christ is not only strong enough to rescue me from the kingdom of darkness and bring me into the kingdom of light, but I believe that his blood is pure enough and sufficient enough to keep me in the kingdom of, of light. So if if my lack of reading the Bible, or even just my one sin, just take one of my sins, I've got many. If one of my sins is powerful enough to remove me from the kingdom of righteousness and put me back into the kingdom of darkness, then the blood of Jesus Christ is weak and ineffectual, And I'm not willing to say that.
1: Well, it would be based on circumstances. (laughs) Which wouldn't make sense, is my point. It
0: wouldn't make sense, right? I mean, his blood was shed for me before I was on the earth. It's my faith in that blood that happened a long, long time ago. I
1: mean, shit, it ain't my fault because Eve wanted that fucking fruit, and Adam was a little bitch-ass cunt who was like, yeah, let's do it. And then was like, oh, who's my wife?
0: Oh, yeah. Which is something all
1: y'all females out there talking about women's rights. Maybe you should think about that shit. The women had the balls to do what the man couldn't. And then the man ratted out the woman. (laughs) (laughs) You silly. Hashtag woke. What? (laughs)
0: that's funny yeah that's funny Uh, truly though um, so uh, that was a lot of answer for your question of how often should you read the bible I I guess in short to wrap it up what I'm trying to say is you, you read the bible as often as you want to read the bible and there's no condemnation As to how often you read it. Or how how much or how little you read it. We quantify that. God does not. Because here's the thing. God exists outside of time. Time doesn't exist. As far as God is concerned. When it comes down. He is eternal. He is infinite. He exists outside the bounds of time. Omnipresent. Omnipresent. So you praying. You know, five o'clock every single morning, and you think that that five o'clock hour is some magic hour for you. You're forgetting the fact that God doesn't sleep, and <laughs> He don't give a shit that it's five a.m. and you're calling His name, or five p.m. or midnight. It does not matter. So uh, here's the thing. I can go a couple weeks without talking to my son. Not because I'm not calling him and reaching out to him. But he's a teenager. And I don't care when I call him. Most of the time, he's playing the damn video game. And he ain't answering my call. I'll text him and then he'll text me back a couple days later. Oh, that was funny. It's like, dude, it's been a couple days. Why you ain't texting me back, bro? Sorry, dad, I was playing a game and then I forgot to text you back. Then I went to school the next day. I came home and then I forgot to text you back again. So I'm text I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like. I can't be mad at my kid. He's my son. So he texts me back a couple of days later. Fine. He didn't lose his sonship because he didn't text me for a couple of days. He didn't lose his sonship because he didn't answer my calls for a couple weeks or he didn't call me back. But you know what? When he does answer the phone, my face lights up. If I FaceTime him and he answers the phone and I'm able to see his face, I'm the happiest man in the world and I can thrive off of that for a month if I don't talk to him again for another month. When I don't talk to him for a couple of weeks and then I go pick him up for the weekend and he gives me a big hug and he says, Daddy, I missed you. You think I give a shit that he didn't answer my calls for the last two weeks? Absolutely not. You think I give a shit that he didn't text me back for a couple days? Absolutely not. He's in my arms right now and he's like, Daddy, I missed you. That trumps anything, dude. And if that's me as a father, that my kid doesn't live with me, he lives with his mom, and I only get him on the weekends. If that's my level of love for my kid, how much more is God's love for us? If you don't read the Bible, or if you don't pray for a week, or two weeks, or a month, or whatever, his promise is very simple. When you call upon me, When you call upon my name, I will be near, and I will answer. That's his promise to us. Not, you better call my name every single day or you're no longer saved. He's never said anything like that. He said, when you call upon my name, I will be near, and I will answer. Because he loves us. And the church teaching the opposite of that is exactly why I'm so happy no longer to be a part of it. Selah. sela I feel like I've been talking
1: for a half hour. What's your answer? Nope. I have nothing to add.
0: <laughs> uh...
1: We're going to end this and maybe make a part three.
0: I think we might as well make a part three.
1: I think we could have several parts to this. So, yeah, that was just two questions. It's an hour of conversation. I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. Uh, uh. (sighs) Me too. Uh, We hope you guys did as well, whoever's listening. If you did and you want to tell us about it, you can reach us. The easiest way to do that is just to simply go to our website, uh, unchurchpodcast.show, no.com, we don't like .com, we went with .show. So reach us there. You can find our emails. You can find all our links to our social crap and so on and so forth. And, uh yeah. We would love to hear from you. I mean, what, those two questions that we've talked about, like, tell us what you think. We'd love to, you know, rap about it, see what other people are thinking. So thanks for listening. Hope you guys stay safe. If you're in the northern hemisphere of the USA, hashtag America. I know you're sick of shoveling the snow, so we feel you. But, uh yeah, we'll catch you later. We love you so long.
0: So long we love you.
1: Peace.